start off with. <laughs> if you weren't there for the radio service this morning, you missed the wonderful message. I know some of you couldn't make it, but it was a great message this morning. Thank you, Brother Steve, for that. Thank you for the message uh, this morning. Does, uh, does anybody have anything they'd like to share before we uh, go into the Lord's Prayer? Again, it's good to be here. And uh, we still have several that's uh, sick, and, and we'll definitely pray for them. But anybody have a prayer report? I can mention. Well, I do have one. Vanessa and I, today is our 40th wedding anniversary. So we're years. And she's getting the greatest gift of all. Well, it, never, it, it just keeps giving. She's yeah. getting her second pack <laughs> What a great meal. That's a great meal in this church. I'll tell you what. For birthday. I got my top off of my 25th. Well, thanks. I'll go through, Brother Roger. Just to, but anyhow, it's good to be here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, Brother Don, if you don't mind, will you pray for us? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we just, we're just so proud to be back at your house again. We're sorry that we missed the service this morning, but we're glad we're here and in your church building now. Yes, and Lord, we just, we just, just thank you for all that you have done in our lives and, and you do it in everybody's life here. And thank you for everybody's here this morning. And all the ones that are, are sick, we ask that you visit them and help them get well. And for us in Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother God. Hey, look at page uh, number six. Look at page six. I want to know more about my Lord.
All right. Does anybody have anything for Brother Roger? Comes and brings her last year. Bring her across this morning. Good saying here. Well, Brother Roger, come and share with us this morning. <laughs> Satan sounds good this morning. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. Um, good to be here this morning. Um, Satan sounds really good. Both you, you coming in strong. This it's yeah. really good. Uh, it's good to, good to be here. And, uh, had a good time at the fellowship hall this morning, the fellowship building. Uh, association building, I get that right in a minute. And uh, good, good meeting out there. And uh, just, just good to be here. Um, it's, uh, it's been a, a good week, I guess. Uh, I just wanted to, to maybe share this. I was at work um, Wednesday night, maybe. And, um, you know, you, you have a lot of teenagers come in the retail store and sometimes, and I was actually working in the toy department this, this week, and um, sometimes you have these teenagers come in and, and it seems like it's their obligation to try to take every ball in the store and throw it somewhere else and leave it laying around. But this young man was walking toward me, he had a little plastic bag. And he was smiling, and he said, hey, how you doing? And I said, I'm fine. And I was expecting some off the wall or something, you know. And he said, would you like a piece of candy? I said, no, I wouldn't care for any, thank you. And he said, well, me and a bunch of my church buddies are just going out in the community telling everybody that Jesus loves them. And, and, and we, it's Valentine's, and so we're going to offer candy if y'all wanted it. And he just, he just kind of came up to me and, and just testified a little bit there about the goodness of God. And, and I thought, well, what a change, you know, that what, what I was expecting was nothing at all like that. But um, uh, it, it was, um, it, it kind of made me have a good night, you know, just sure. came, it changed my attitude and it made me think a different way. So the little things that we do sometimes, I, I know I talk about little things a lot, <coughs> but sometimes the little things that we do help people more than we know. That young man probably didn't think anything more than that. He brightened the, brightened the night of a, an old guy out there just working along doing what he does. And, uh, but he made, my, he made my night better, made the day better, made my week better. And uh, I'm sure he didn't know that what he did would be in a, a devotion on Sunday morning at a little church over in Rock County. It was, uh, I just thought it was good, you know, that, that a group of young men and women going out into retail businesses just telling people, Jesus loves you. And we do too, you know. So it was really, it's real uh, uh, inspiring to me that, that he did that. And I'm going to read this uh, before I forget it. Um, this is a gospel singing featuring the Inspirations Quartet from Bryson City, North Carolina, uh, Saturday, February 25th, 6 p.m. at Pine Grove Missionary Baptist Church. And that's uh, in Oneonta, Alabama. Located four miles west of Anyana on Highway 230, where my local Pine Grove is. Um, it says, free admission, a love offering will be taken. So, we hear some good singing. Uh, the inspiration's been doing it for a while. I know Elaine's dad um, would 
if the inspiration is for anywhere within driving range, he'd go see them. Uh, and he, he really loved to hear them sing. So uh, if you get a chance, go, go there and uh, see that. Uh, anyone got anything you'd like to say this morning before we, before we uh, go further? I'd like to thank the church for any and all that might have thought of my grandson. He goes back to go to scout heads tomorrow and have his eyes checked in. And I'm hoping that everything comes out all right tomorrow. Calhoun's a good place. That's where I go, and uh, they've kept me where I can see some for a good while, and chances wasn't real good there for a while, but uh, uh, they're, they're, that's a good place to go. Um, let's keep Brother Robert and Sister Nail in our prayers. Uh, Elaine and I were going to go visit them this weekend. We called to make sure they going to be there, and Nail said, not not better come, so we We've got something, and they weren't feeling well, so she asked us to probably wouldn't be a smart thing to come visit them then. Keep them in the prayers. They're, uh, um, they're kind of under the weather right now, and uh, hopefully they'll be coming out of that soon. But uh, I want to see Bonnie again. She's doing okay. Um, so keep our, keep our shut-ins uh, in mind when we, uh, when we pray. Now, the... Uh, Devotion today, um, there's been a lot said about love and, and, and stuff, but you know, that's, that's, that's the business we're in, in, in God's business, is loving people. Amen. And um, I remember as a small child, maybe uh, um, 10 years old, they asked me to do devotion at church one time. And I was, I was the most bashful child. I mean, you speak to me and I turn red look down. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was real bashful. And um, they asked me to do devotions. And um, I got home and, uh, for the next week. You know, I was going to have a week to worry about it. And uh, so I got my dad to help me. And my dad was, um, he was not an overtly outgoing person about faith and stuff. But you could ask him something and he would look at you and he would say, well, you might check Isaiah somewhere around the 40th chapter or something. You know, he would give you a place to go that you would have to look it up and, and research it yourself. But he, he, would, he would do that kind of stuff. And uh, he was just, you know, it was just amazing to me the scripture that he knew. And he could just tell you right about where it was at without looking it up. And um, so... I, I asked him, what, what am I going to do next Sunday, you know? I don't know about this. And he gave me some scripture pieces in the 13th chapter of uh, 1 Corinthians. And especially the last part of it being as I was a little guy, uh, I guess it, it, it stuck out to me, but this is known as the, the love chapter in the Bible. And uh, uh, Paul tells us about a lot of things that we can do, a lot of things that we can have, but if we don't do it with love, it, it all comes to naught. It all comes to naught. And and you know that goes with everything we do in church. If, Amen. If somebody comes in the door and, and and we just say, hey, how you doing? And and we don't show them the Christian love that that we have for them, uh, it don't make that impression on them. It comes to naught, I guess. And and so as 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 uh, Paul wrote this, um, 
He, he talked about a lot of things. And, and I'm just going to read through it. You don't need much said about it. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I have become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries, and all knowledge, and, have, and, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity honoreth uh, not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Bearing all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And this is the part I remember <coughs> as, as reading this as a uh, child. It says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. Well, a little bit further, I'm sorry. But, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abide of faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. And <clears throat> thinking back on that, um, I didn't, I guess I didn't wonder about a lot of things as a child. I didn't, those mysteries of the scripture were not something I dwelt on. But as I grew up a little bit and, and I began to wonder about things, <coughs> and this is where a measure of faith has to come in. There's some things in this, this marvelous work right here. There's a lot of things in here that I don't understand that I can't completely figure out in my own mind. Um, it says, now we see through a glass darkly. You can see through, you know, if you look at a, an automobile, it's got dark windows. You can, you can see through them a little bit. And you can maybe see an image or two, but you can't tell exactly what it is. You don't know exactly what's going on there. It's, we're seeing through it darkly. And that's what we see some of the things, some of the mysteries of the scriptures. We have to see through darkly now. But we have to accept them by faith. The things that I don't understand, I have to accept by faith. Um, I believe that they're true. And I understand that they're true. I don't know the how and the details of them, but I understand that they're true and I believe that. He says, but then, but then, at that time when we're known as we that we know as we're known, we'll see those things clearly and it'll become, it'll become clearer to us. And, and that, to me, I think that's going to be on the other side of the other side of Jordan. I don't think I'll ever understand all of it here. But I think at some point in the future, these things that, that I go, I just don't quite understand that, Brother Steve. I just, can, you, can you tell me that? And you say, I don't quite understand it either, you know. 
Uh, I think we'll know it then. Sure. I think we'll know it. It'll be made clear to us. So, you know, that's uh, that's uh, the, the thing that, that I remembered about that little devotion I did that time was as a child, I, I, I didn't, I thought as a child, I didn't worry about these things. But when I grew up, I began to think about these things and worry about them, study about them, try to figure them out. And, and there's just some of them that's not made to be figured out. There's some of them that are not made to be figured out here on this side. And, um, and, and keeping in mind that what we do, we do in love. Everything he went through there, everything he talked about, it says, but without charity, it's nothing. Without charity, it profiteth me nothing. So keep that in mind. It, it's important that the little things that, that sometimes we read over and we don't really, we don't really um, put that much thought into it, when you do, it becomes so much more important. It becomes so much more, um, you put so much more emphasis on doing it the right way and, and doing it in the right frame of mind that, uh, that someone would get something out of it and it would profit, it would benefit you, and it, and it would be done in a way that, um, that God would be pleased. Uh, anyone got anything you'd like to say this morning before we take a class? If not, we'll we'll take the classes and I'll post this notice out here on the bulletin board and uh, I think I'm forgetting something, but I don't know what it is. I remember it, I'll let you know if it's important. Yeah, that's the real bad part about it. She hit herself. <laughs> hey, good morning, everyone. I got a question. I, I really don't think people are getting sick anymore often, but boy, doesn't like it seem it takes forever to get over something these days. See, like, yeah, it's just like things hang on forever. Well, uh, in honor of the message this morning, we've already heard from Brother Steve. I'll welcome everybody to God's Institute of Higher Learning, better known as the church. Really appreciate that one, Pastor. You did good. Yeah. It was good. In one word, before we get started this morning. A couple quick notes. Uh, have some good news. Uh, I believe by next Sunday we'll have our big unit repaired back here and we'll get our normal airflow again in here. Uh, we have a total capacity of eight tons and we've been running off three of the eight. So hopefully that'll solve that problem. Anyone else? We're in the second chapter of uh, New Testament book of Galatians. Um, 
<laughs> well, thank Brother Bobby for teaching for me last Sunday. He did good. And I want to review just a second to get us up to speed um, what Paul is really emphasizing in this book is salvation is about faith and not works. That's really what he's pushing. That it's a gift. That all we have to do is accept it. But it also, as Brother Bobby got into, uh, Peter and even Barnabas and a few other of the Jewish Christians, I'll call them that, had kind of started to shun and not eat lunch anymore with the Gentile Christians. And Paul was not going to have any of that. Uh, he said he, uh, apparently Peter came to Antioch and Paul just got in his face, the way we'd put it, and said, this won't do. You're either, you know what he's saying? You're either saved or you're not. And you know, that, that's really what it boils down to. A person is saved or they're lost. There's no in-between. And Brother Michael, we don't know whether Peter meant to do that that way or if he was just giving in to peer pressure yeah. because of those that came. Yeah. yeah. And, but either way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly right. But, but to sum it all up, the one thing, you know, because it's one thing to study the Scriptures, but it's a whole different thing to apply them to our life. What do they mean to me today? And what I see out of this book more than anything is what Brother Bobby touched on last Sunday. Um, it, we use, we always throw labels on things, and I guess I'll throw the word, the legalism word out there. But what that really boils down to is the mistake that is so easy to make is I will only accept your Christianity if you do things just like I do it. If you do anything different than I do, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm going to kind of keep my distance from you. Uh, that's really what the other thing that's being addressed here. Um, you know, there's really, there's two definitions that, that I think I want to point out here. Number one is salvation. That's on the inside. That's between us and Christ. That's free. And one dose will do it. And then there's another word that's called sanctification that we use. And what sanctification is, is where the work starts. It has nothing to do with salvation except salvation's where it starts. When I'm saved, that part's done and it's sealed. As I've said before, I couldn't unsave myself if I tried. Amen. That's how sealed it is. I can't mess that one up. But after salvation, we begin the walk and the work of sanctification where we let what God or Christ put in us work its way out. And it starts affecting my life. <coughs> how I act. My disposition. Uh, how I get along with people. My attitude towards life. My mood. Everything about me in my Christian work is about what's inside getting it out where it starts showing. And I don't know about you, but I'm still working on it and I got a feeling I'm going to be working on that till I die. Because Michael's stubborn. He likes what he does. 
Uh, he's selfish. Uh, but if I let that inside work its way out, not only will I be a great help to me, but I can be a little bit of a light sure. to someone else. Amen. They can start seeing what's inside. I've heard, I've heard many people say, if I could open up and show you what's inside, people would come running because they'd want it so badly. But we can't open it up. We just have to kind of let it soak out. Yeah. So that's sanctification. That's after we're saved where it really starts being a part of our life. I think our actually article of faith says it's a progressive work. I, 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 I do a little better tomorrow and I do a little bit better the next day and a little bit better the next day of being a Christian, of what the light I need to be. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're brought up to today. And there's some of this we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on. We're not going to beat a dead horse. Um, but that's the gist of this lesson. Anybody else on last Sunday and, and up to this point? Don't everybody talk at once. Well, we will pick up with 16. I think we'll pick up there and wrap up this chapter. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. And here he's just emphasizing again, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law or works period, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ. Even Paul saying, even I believed, even though I knew all this about the law and even though I was the number one A plus student in the Sadducees or whatever group he was in, I, he said, I got it by faith. All that I knew, all that I did, wasn't worth a flip when it come to being saved. I got it the same way you did, Galatians. I got it through faith. I got it as a gift. Like he said, in one place he counted it as dumb. Yeah. Yeah, when it came to getting saved, it was useless. Yeah. yeah. And that's a real danger today. I, I really fear, it worries me, it concerns me, too many people, oh, I saw too many people, one's too many, but they get it here. <coughs> but they never get it down here. They, 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 I don't know whether they just didn't believe fully, they didn't, they were deceived. I, you know, there's various reasons, but it's got to be deeper than the mind. Yeah. We can't understand it with the mind. It's got to be deeper. That faith's got to be. I don't know, I almost say sometimes a lost person has to jump off that cliff and say, catch me, Lord. Yeah. But it's got to be deeper than that. Even we, even Paul, have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Why? Because nobody could keep it. Nobody could keep it. <clears throat> But if while we seek to be justified with Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners to therefore, is therefore Christ a minister of sin, God forbid? For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I don't know if you highlight verses or underline verses, but I'm going to recommend this next one to you. It's a good one. It's a really good one. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. 
Nevertheless, I live. Can I read that again? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. You know, the world has a picture that once, if I get saved, I'm going to be miserable. Oh, if I could just get them to see life begins when you get saved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't know life. Do you? you don't know life. You don't know how pretty the sky is. You don't know how green the trees are. You don't know what love is. You don't know all these things. You just start living once you find Christ. It's like the law, the sacrifice that was required of the law, because sacrifice was required to mm -hmm. yeah. the law, was just to hold us all until life came. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. There is a righteousness imputed in our lives. Uh, one place it's called that righteous seed. But back to just salvation that's put in us, that really teaches us how to live. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you see a little of the sanctification in Paul's life there? Said the life that I now live in my flesh, this old corruptible, fallible, all-time making mistake flesh, he lived it by faith. Brother Roger made a point this morning I thought was excellent. There's a lot of things in the Scripture I don't understand. But that doesn't shipwreck. You know, I know people who have shipwrecked their Christian life because they could not understand everything. They'd wind up with a, well, how could God do this? And it got to where I said, whoa, you got to have a little faith that you will understand it perfectly one day. You'll go, oh, of course, it had to be that way. Things we don't can understand of God, that doesn't make them not right. Um, it's like the, the ant trying to understand the computer, you know? Uh, the, we're not even on his level mentally, or anything for that matter. But by faith, I'm going to say he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, he got it all under control. Some things I just need to accept. It's his work and his business, not mine. Not my. And my sister has a saying: "It's not my day to run the universe." And I got like that one. It's not my day. It's all his work. There's just a word there. I fell in that trap one time, too, and I remember I was about 27 or 28 years old, and I fell in that trap of wanting to understand and give an explanation for And that was a heavy, heavy mm -hmm. load put on mm -hmm. your shoulders, because you can't. And I got freedom from that one time. 
I had a 20-acre field of Bermuda grass, and I just had a small mower that just took me there to mower. You just let you say if you just let your mind wander and you look up in the blue sky and realize there's not an end to it and how could that be and how could this earth be floating through space mm -hmm. and just try to figure out that out you can't figure that out no And I remember exactly where I was in that field when I just began to sing, Oh Lord my God. When I had awesome wonder, consider all the words thy hands in my how great thou art, how great. And just receive that by faith. Greatness of God. Then you can by faith have peace. Knowing that you don't have to understand everything mm -hmm. there is to understand. That God's got it. And He's got us. Hey, thank you for letting me share that. Oh, thank you, Brother Chris. All I've really got to understand is Christ died for me. Mm -hmm. That's really all I've got to understand. And he'll help me do that. Yeah. Yeah. Brother Chris, um, this might have nothing to do with this, but uh, in years past, me and Steve talked about people going to the altar to get saved, and sometimes they'll stay up there 30 minutes, mm -hmm. you know, just, mm -hmm. and it's like, you said it's seemingly is so difficult turns out to be so easy yeah yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the things that I felt so inspired this morning early this morning I was just watching some videos about the revival that's been going on at Asbury College if you may may not may or may not know about that but then there was a film clip of a professor who was a doctor of theology who gave testimony to the fact that he knew 
through his education, much like Brother Steve preached about this morning. But then he found Jesus. Mm -hmm. So he had it all then. Mm -hmm. But that was... Uh, yeah. So uh, I share Belinda's experience in that uh, when I was a little boy and I was sitting on this front row of the old pews and when I left my seat uh, the burden of my heart mm -hmm. rolled away Amen. because I accepted mm -hmm. Jesus at that moment. Mm -hmm. yeah. I bowed the altar to pray but I was already saved. And, and, the, and we don't have to beg the Lord no. to do what He's freely trying to do. Mm -hmm. uh, some of that's trying to get our own heart where it needs to be, but uh, but He stands ready, and uh, that was just so inspiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well. Uh, my nephew, Brother David Butts, deacon down at Welcome, I've heard him testify. He said, I was saved the minute I stepped out. I just went on down to altar to thank him. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And, you know, that is the thing about salvation. Everybody's experience is different, but everybody's is the same when it comes to what they get. That's right. Yeah. It's everybody's experience. We call it, we thought, we say experience of grace. What we're really saying is when you were saved. It, everyone's is unique. Everybody's is unique, but they all end at the same place. Yeah. And that bothered me for a while because all I remember saying when I got to the altar was, thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. I kept saying that over and over and yeah. over. But, you know, when you get over there, you think, did I even ask him to say anything? You know? <laughs> but like say, when you step out and that bird's gone, you know, and and even if it's a little six-year-old child, he's given them enough understanding to get it. If, if they feel like they need to come to the altar, they'll be just fine. Sure. They they don't at the, at the initially they don't need any coaching. Just leave them alone. Yeah, I'll never forget a revival service. Uh, Brother Larry Smith was our evangelist that time, and a little girl came to the altar, and he was standing back here, and he did, she, the little girl just started squalling, and he just looked at our pastor and said, a newborn babe crying. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody was going to say something? Brother Michael, I too, I, I was under conviction when I was about 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And Elaine and I were dating, I was 17, and we were, we were right back here. Three rows from the back, kind of on this side of the church, and she didn't know if I was saved or not. Uh, but during that revival service, she said she looked at me and she says, "Have you ever been saved?" And I said, "No." And she said, "Would you like to be?" And I said, "Yes." And you know, if I stood there, I would still been lost. Mm -hmm. But she said, let's go. And, and when I took that first step, I had to make a step. I couldn't just confess it. I had to put action in it. I made that step. And I too, Chris, I went to the altar. I don't remember saying anything. I don't remember a whole lot about the altar except there's a lot of people there. But it bothered me for a long time. When I got a little older, got thinking about it, thinking about it, you don't even know what you said. How could you be saved? 
And then it just got revealed to me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't what you said. It was action. The heart. Yeah. And, the, and you took a step toward me. You, you know, he tells us, come to him. And when I made that step toward him, he just reached out around me. Go ahead. There's a place in the, I'm sorry, I'm taking No, you're fine. There's a place uh, in Psalms where the, the psalmist says, this is the Lord's work. Marvelous. And it's marvelous. marvelous. And you come back and find in the in Acts where the writer said, have you not heard? This is the Lord's work. And mm -hmm. it's marvelous in her eyes. So God does things that we can't do. And we just need to recognize it. But there's something that's in my heart that makes me want to see the Lord do something. Just to be fully to His honor and glory, mm -hmm. that we would just have to stand back and say, "It's the Lord's work." We just get out of the way. It's more yeah. than our eyes. That's it. And uh, now we have a revival coming up, mm -hmm. and we need to be praying about that. And what you love to see. I don't know if you've heard or not, but it still happens. There was five saved at New Bethel the other Sunday morning, and three or four was saved uh, at uh, Robin Hill. Yeah. He's still working on it. Yeah. But, uh, but back to the original lesson, everything we talked about. Now, a legalist would say, if you weren't saved at an altar, I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. Or... If you are even take it to a further extreme, if you weren't saved in a Baptist church, <laughs> that's what legalism is. But I know you were saved in a vehicle. Uh, my brother-in-law, Terry, was saved driving to work one morning. Yeah. That's none of my business. Yeah. I was saved in a, in a judgment house. Yeah. And I've had that. Yeah, I was in the church. Mm-hmm. It was in Yeah, that bothered me. Like I said, 
this till the day you fall in the dark. Remember if I was eight or not. But I remember how I felt. I remember what it yeah. and it was just so simple. Yeah. Just, just have that faith. Give it all. But most importantly, he remembers. Yes. He knows when it was. That's what really counts anyway. It kind of goes back to the message that we heard this morning at the fellowship building. Um, to be careful what you say to people. It was about, uh, it was about what Job's friends told him. Mm -hmm. You've done something wrong. I know you have to be in this miserable mess. They had all good intentions. Oh, yeah, they had the best of uh, intentions. I've heard it said it this way, um, and I don't know who originally said it, but I heard it said this way. Faith is the hardest, easy thing you'll ever do. Yeah. And and uh, oh, the thing, it goes back to the people back in the day of Samuel when they wanted the king. They wanted the king. Well, the problem is, is, We'll let us get between us and God and let it hinder our faith. We'll let reason, human reasoning, and, and the lack of knowledge about how it goes about hinder us and hinder and be a stumbling block to our faith. Yeah. <laughs> once we get everything out of the way, it isn't faith so easy. Yeah. Therefore, we'll, we'll just take this and run with it. I have no authority whatsoever to judge your salvation. I can't see in your heart. I wasn't there when it happened. I have no authority to judge anybody's salvation. But I, but I will say this. And we've all talked about it this morning. It was a moment in time. It was an event. You knew right when it happened. I do have a problem with God's always been with me. Mm -hmm. No, I can't. I have a problem with that. I have to be honest. You ever notice when people will join our church? What does the pastor usually ask them? Tell us about the time you were saved. Yeah, because that's the qualification for joining the church. Is why he does that. Yeah. Now, obviously, if you're coming from a sister church. You know, that, that might be, you wouldn't necessarily have to. There's somebody you knew real well, but yeah. I want to hear when you got, the moment you got saved. Yeah. To me, that's, that, that's a sticking point for me, okay? Paul always talked of an exact a time and a place. Is that the terminology? Yeah, I, I, I want to hear that. that. That makes me feel a whole lot better when you've, here's what happened. You don't have to know what day it is. You don't have to know what year it was. You just knew when it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Brother Michael, I got to say one more thing. Sure. Uh, I shared with Bo at the fellowship hall this morning, you know, what, what I can't completely get my mind around is what God can do. And um, I made. A, I, I talked to a man yesterday, and I think I even shared with Pam. I come back and shared with. Him, I said, "Well, we'll never reach him." That was a terrible thing for mm -hmm. me to even think about. When I backed out of the driveway, I thought, "Well, we won't. We won't. I can't." No, you can't. That's right. We can't. Say that's true. That's right. But but God can. God can. Sure. And so getting our mind around what God can do 
that that's uh, that's more than I can grasp almost. But that's I had to I had to repent of that. Okay. Yeah. What's what's some things God can't do? Lie. Can't lie. <coughs> can't deny himself. Other than that, everything else is fair game. Yeah. You know, and you ever notice some of the what we would say are the worst people in the world can be some of the strongest Christians? Yes, right. Amen. You know. You, you take a seven, eight-year-old child that's been raised in church, you know, you really don't see a whole lot of difference in their lives, except they don't hide during the invitation. They don't, you know, that kind of thing. But you take an adult that gets saved, boy, they have an influence on people because they see a 180 in their life. Right. Yeah, yeah. And don't you know the ch churches, once they really believed it, how they rejoice thinking if Saul could be saved, what can God, what else, what can God not do? He was our church enemy public number one. And now he is bowing and praising Christ. If he can do it, if he can get it, anybody can get it. Yeah. That's why he led so many people yeah. to the Lord because they knew what he was they thought if the Lord can change him, he can change anybody. No, the Lord did show the difference That's right. One time, Brother Michael, I'm, I'm I, I should, but anyway, there was a man in our community knew our family, a family knew him, had uh, difficult circumstances, a speech impediment, and, and, and all kinds of things, and he was basically. Uh, we all thought of him as kind of like the comedic character. Uh, the whole family knew him. And would steal, would lie, would do drugs, would, I mean, everything. He'd like looking you straight in the face and lie to you and try to tell you, sell you something that he stole from, from a neighbor mm -hmm. in the community. But uh, one day over at uh, Bethsaida, I, I saw him testify that God has saved him. And I got to hug his neck. And he, he smelled clean. And you could tell by his testimony, couldn't you pay him, he got the goods. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For us to limit God, shame on us. Shame on us. Because God, all he, he can touch. It ain't no harder for him to touch that man's heart than it was for him to touch my and we never know a person's heart's condition when they walk in the door. That's right. That one that we think we can't reach may be this close. Yeah. 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 Anyone else? <laughs>